All right, live from Studio Six. Live from Studio Six B. Oh man, it's going to be quite the night tonight. On a Thursday night, 8 p.m. on the East Coast. Rick Delgado's got the news with his Tennessee Vols shirt yeah. on. Ah, oh, boy. Man, I brought the, How I brought are you, the, Mr. Delgado? I brought the crowbar to help help along get the show going, yeah. just in case things yeah. get out of whack. You're running into a raging Cajun tonight. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm doing, uh, how are you? I'm doing okay. I want to send the best out to my mom, who had hand surgery today. Oh. They took the knuckles. From Damon. smacking you around? Is that they what it's from or what? <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> they took the knuckles, Damon. They took all their knuckles off her hand. What? Yeah, they did knuckle really? replacement surgery. She had wow. uh, the tendons had slipped and it was becoming difficult for her to use her hand. So the great doctor out of, uh, out of Stony Brook. Yeah. What? No, I'm, no I'm just <laughs> nothing. I'm just wondering why her, her knuckles are... No, because uh, you know she's old. Oh, Rick Fiction, growing up, gave her a lot of. Uh, <laughs> I gave her a lot of a lot, lot of, of guff. Times. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and and now she can flip me so off. So how's she doing? She's doing okay. Okay, she's, very uh, good. You know, she got through the surgery very well, considering her age, and uh, they expect a full recovery. All right, very good. good. Slick Rick's here. He's going to do sports. Slick Rick, how are you? Big D, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing very good, Slick Rick. <laughs> I um. Well, the madness has begun. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness. And I saw something today. Well, first of all, let me let me let me get to the other welcome before I get to that, because I don't want to get too far off track. Slick Rick's got sports tonight. And joining us, of course, right next to me here is the great Mr. David Zier. Mr. Zier, how are you? And Hi. you I'm wonderful. Have some well do you want to share this? Is this can we make this public news? Big, big news of the day? Or are we Wait, is it still private? Now? The police are raiding my home as no. we speak. <laughs> no, that that news. You have a new addition. I do. I had my third grandchild today, baby wow. Christopher. Congratulations. Seven pound, nine Bravo. ounces. And uh, he has Irish hair and an Italian nose. Uh, <laughs> spectacular, though. Uh, we're so excited. His grand twin sisters are three and a half, and they are ecstatic. I was spent the day in the hospital with them. That's fantastic. Nice. Yeah. Congratulations. Beautiful. Glad nice. to hear everybody's he healthy and happy and yeah. doing well. That's yeah, fantastic. So you, you got a new kid. My mom got a new hand. She got a Terminator hand. Everybody's yeah. doing good. Yeah. I have a terrible doctor, by the way. We think he trained through the mail from the Philippines. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Dr. Vinny Vumbas. Vinny Vumbas. Hey, how you doing? Hey. My um, it all right, so Slick Rick, getting back to what I was going to say, the madness has begun. And if I had seen this earlier, oh. <laughs> I would have taken a loan Taking some credit, <laughs> cashed out the credit cards, asked Zier for a loan, asked Nolan for a loan. I would have asked everybody I know to get as much cash together as possible to play the Princeton Arizona game. Yes, of course. And here's why. Wow. Here's why. Here you go, Joe. Good luck to every team in this year's NCAA tournament. I've got Arizona in the men's tournament. He's got Arizona. He had Arizona winning the national championship. They lost today to Princeton. First round. Hold huge, it. huge underdog. Go, go back to that posting. Who else did he say? Did, what that Biden he really is stupid. Uh, Villanova for the women. He took Nova oh, for the women. Villanova oh, for the, the women. Girls. They, they, they're not even getting off the bus now. I was going to say, if he took Villanova, they, I, you could have taken his money from that, too, because they played in the NIT. Yeah, no, she's uh, that's the girls' final four. No, okay. they, no, they're in the they're in the NCAA. Yeah, they have he has them here winning the national championship. It means they'll probably lose whenever their first game is. Arizona lost today. Everything this guy no. touches turns to you know what. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he he's had Arizona winning awesome. the men's national championship. They lost today in their first game to Princeton. They're out. I'm your nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Arizona's saying in the locker room right now, pal. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's that's, awesome. that's what they're saying. 
I mean, you just, you can't, and, and I love the, the brackets got the little White House symbol down here at the bottom. It's, it's, <laughs> you wow. just, you can't make it up. He's, he's awesome. You can't make it up. Everything he touches, you know. Yep, Arizona gone, so. <laughs> well, maybe he was, you know, maybe he saw some of what came out from the oversight committee today and he got a little nervous. Maybe he was making these picks while they were, while they were going, um, do you know that there's four of you now, not three of you? Now there's four of you that the House Oversight Committee is looking at? Oh, yes. Now there's four, we're told. So we'll get into that. Uh, we'll get into some testimony today. We'll get into this Biden story from every angle possible. We'll go through what the names are that we know now. And what do we know? The House Oversight Committee put out a a long thread, a statement about it, and there's been a couple things written about it today. Um, so we'll get into that. But uh, David Zier's joining us tonight. And uh, you had a busy week, spent a week in, uh, you were with President Trump in Iowa. Uh, covered, then, covered Trump, yeah. Then down to Marlago. That's right. So on let's, Tuesday. Start, let's start in Iowa. Uh, we saw the lines outside. Lines were tremendous, even in the freezing cold. Yeah. Looked like the house was packed out. Yeah. Um, um, so I'll get into the attendance numbers and then I'll get into some of the data later about Iowa because it's really extraordinary what Trump has done for the state of Iowa. No president has done more for Iowa or Alaska and a few other states than President Trump. It's, a, it's extraordinary. Um, but it's the Quag cities, Davenport, Bettendorf, and then East Moline and Rock Island on the other side of the Mississippi and Illinois. Um, Davenport's depressed. It's not doing so hot. Now, the unemployment in Iowa is only 3%. We'll get into that later. But this area has a little bit higher unemployment. Um, but the people came out in droves because Illinois wasn't free under COVID. So they all crossed the bridge to come into Davenport to see Trump because they were under communism for three years, two years. And Iowa was open. And they all came to Iowa to eat during COVID. They did much better numbers per capita with the COVID, even though they stayed open. Jim Reynolds is pretty uh, pretty liked out there, right? Very She's well liked. Uh, and I can get into that later, too, about how conservative the legislature is. All four congressmen are Republican. The governor's Republican. Both U.S. senators are Republican. And the legislature has taken many measures to protect the people of Iowa. Um, so... DeSantis only had 700 people come in, you know, at least that fit in the forum. Maybe there was a big overflow outside, but it wasn't like Trump. Trump probably got four times the people. There had to be four or 5,000 people outside. The, the theater held about 3,000. Um, and Jason Miller, who was the Trump advisor now full time, who was the Getter founder, was feeding me information up on the media riser about the numbers. So what happened was Trump got uh, in 2016, they left a lot of business on the table there. A lot of donors, they left a lot of money. Uh, but Trump did much better in 2020, getting like 90 plus percent in the caucuses. He did really well. But this time, they seem to be really organized with their ground game. And um, it was a really extraordinary event. The crowd went wild for Trump. Um, they got over 8,000 people to sign up to follow Trump uh, that week and uh, in Davenport. But Trump was so extraordinary. Nobody else can do this. Like Bannon says, you can give somebody else the same speech and they can't do what Trump does. Um, he really connects with the people, makes them feel comfort. I think he was a warm blanket in East Palestine where people are going to get cancer. Their lungs are screwed. You know, they're in the, in the hospitals. Nobody's doing anything for them, you know. Uh, but that's another issue, too. But uh, to make a long story short, um, Trump took nine impromptu questions from the audience and they lined up. And that's dangerous territory. 
and he hit it out of the park. And I wonder if that's something he's trying to incorporate into what he's doing or if that was just spur of the moment he wanted to do that because I think it's an excellent idea because, listen, um, he took more questions. The media never had it so good yeah. as under him. Yeah. He took every question from every person, no matter where it was. He could have been walking out of the, the bathroom. If someone caught him with a question, he would have answered it. Nobody connects with the people like Trump. Um, I was at an event at Mar-a-Lago. I talked about it before on the show where I brought a security guard as a retired New York City cop for somebody important there. And Trump took a liking to my friend, spent like three hours talking to the guy. He didn't care that Steve Wynn was there and Frankie Avalon and John Ratcliffe and Katie McFarlane, all these people were there. And he was just, he's so in touch with the people. And that's a quality that I don't know if DeSantis can do the same thing. Um, and Nikki Haley and Tim Scott, Nikki Haley was in Iowa twice. Um, you know, they, they can't connect with the people like this. And Trump was 91% last year when I covered him in Iowa. He's 80% favorability this year. They say DeSantis has 74%. I don't know if I buy that. Um, and now you see DeSantis moving to the right more and more like a Trump ask this week about the Ukraine and the other issues. Uh, I think he, you know, knows that Trump has this, you know, because I think after East Palestine, Trump's back in the game. I really believe that. Um, and then Mar-a-Lago, really quick, on Tuesday, I just went for an event for Congressman Mark Alford, who ran. I covered the Missouri primaries last year out there. Uh, Vicki Hartzell retired. She's a liberal Republican. She voted for the gay marriage thing that they did, even though everybody, you know, I feel has equal rights in the United States already. Um, and she retired, and there was a four-way race in the primary. He won that election by 72%, Mark Alford. He's on the Agriculture Committee, the Armed Services Committee. He couldn't have been nicer. And Trump comes out and he speaks, right? There was only like 50 people there. Um, was on point, over the target, dropping bombs. And he said on Tuesday, this is just this past Tuesday, that Iran will have a nuclear weapon tomorrow, which is extraordinary because Iran and Saudi Arabia now have embassies for the first time in eight years. They're going to be talking. Meanwhile, Iran and Hezbollah have been slamming rockets through the Houthi rebels into Saudi airports for the past five years in the civil war. And this is really bad because under Trump, we had four Middle East peace agreements and we opened up airspace to the Israelis to fly over Saudi Arabia for, for civilian and military operations. And now all of a sudden, Iran allies with Saudi Arabia because we have no leadership in the world last week Maybe it was a predecessor knowing that Iran's going to have the bomb. And it's really scary. So now where does that put Israel? We are in a death spiral. And there is no leadership coming out of America. Trump wouldn't have stood for it. He would have stopped it. Um, I'm worried. Uh, but, you know, Trump was on point. Uh, couldn't have been nicer to everybody. I didn't spend a lot of time. Just said hi. You know, um, it was and, a great and event. And just to further that idea, not only... Do you have Iran where Trump always said, if I, if I had won in 2020, rightfully so, I would have had a deal with them in the first week. They were itching to make a deal. Yeah. And now you've got Iran and now you've got China and Russia and you've got this new like trio axis of evil between the three. Well, there's an anti-globalist movement which involves Brazil, Turkey, South Africa. And what people don't know is that uh, Nelson Mandela was a communist. The head of the African National Congress while Mandela was in jail was Joe Slovo, the South African Communist Party leader. Because the Soviets and the Russians want a deep water port. There's only three of them in the whole continent of Africa. They're rich with platinum. They're rich with diamonds. They have a vibrant economy. And the Russians want it. And they're working with them now to take over South Africa. So there's this alliance, Iran, China, Russia, South Africa, Brazil, Turkey, all these countries. And uh, it's scary. And it's polarizing the world.
Mm. Um, so the event at Mar-a-Lago, you, you, you told us what that was for, yeah. and you said, um, so you saw the president. How, how does the president seem even uh, outside of the cameras? Um, better than ever. I think he has a little bit of a new approach. Um, he's all business, you know. Um, he's, you know, he, I, don't know if, I don't know if anybody can hold the candle and to you, him. And you like what's going on, on the ground in Iowa, you said, been being there. Because I on saw the, some yeah. people say the people he hired in Iowa would not be people that they would have hired knowing how to run, uh, run, you know, run there in Iowa. Haven't been on the ground. The people he hired, I saw some rep- conservatives say, those are not the people I would be hiring, so I don't know what he's doing. Well, uh, people came out in droves. Um, I know in 2016, there was uh, problems with the Iowa Republican who was running the Trump thing. Um, I don't know. I think they had it together. It was, a, it was an extraordinary venue, and the people love him. They just love him. All right, live from Studio 6B. Just getting started on a Thursday night news and Last sports night coming up. I took your picture out from our old dresser drawer. I set it on the table and I talked to it till four. I read some old love letters right up till the break of dawn. Yeah, I've been sitting alone digging up bones. Then I went through the jewelry and I found our wedding rings. I put mine on my finger and I gave yours a flame. Across this lonely bedroom of our recent broken home Yet yeah, tonight I'm sitting alone, digging up bones Our live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night. Glad you're in. Lots to do. David Zier sitting in tonight. He was out in Iowa with President Trump, then down at Mar-a-Lago with him as well. We'll get into some more about Iowa, what President Trump has done out there, some of the numbers on the ground. Uh, Rick Delgado's here. He's going to do the news, but Rick Amarani's going to kick us off as we do each and every night with sports. And that, of course, is brought to you by MyPillow. Use our promo code LFS6B, and we appreciate when you do use it. If you do, it gets you 10 to 60% off most items. And if it's the 2.0, MyPillow 2.0, it's buy one, get one free. LFS6B is the promo code. Slick Rick, what's going on in sports? All right, well, first order of business. Other than Biden. Yeah. <laughs> Busting up the brackets. Biden the bracket buster. Putting the spell on Arizona immediately. Yep, unbelievable. <laughs> you can't a, make it up. He's your bosh. nightmare. Unreal. In fact, it was cute. In the Getter chat, Trump to infinity said that Biden just made a press release that it's Trump's fault that Arizona lost. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he probably did. That's exactly like that a good one. one. Right there. All right. We got to get to the rodeo, though, Big D. We've taken the rodeo, NRG Stadium, Houston Rodeo, rocking and rolling now since February 28th through this Sunday. And now we're down to the Super Series semifinal number one round. Bareback, Tim O'Connell, the great Tim O'Connell, 85 and a half points on Cavalry Stampedes. Zulu Warrior, $3,000 there. Steer Wrestling, Cody Devers, 4.5 seconds. Team Roping, we got Levi Simpson and Corey Hendrick, 5.3 seconds. Saddle Bronc, we got a tie, like we often do with Saddle Bronc. Isaac Diaz on Calgary Stampede's Dandy Delight. And Brody Chris on Calgary Stampede's Birch Bubbles. Ooh, sound like the blues, Birch Gold. Uh, <laughs> rope in, Matt Chioza, uh, 9.6 seconds. Barrel Racing, Ty, again, another tie, more ties than David Zia has. Uh, Shelly Morgan and Sissy Wynn, 14.72 tenths. That's a great score. And Bill Rodden, Creek Young, 76 points on Survey Championship Rodeos. Roll Tide, ooh, it must be ruling for Bama. And Bama looks good. And let's 
Perfect transition to our NCAA tournament. <laughs> Boy, we had some upsets today. Big D. Great games going on. Uh, kicked off this afternoon, 12-15. I believe Maryland was the first game, and uh, they kicked the tournament off as, as they uh, uh, they won off a last-second uh, shot on uh, for West Virginia. A long day for the NCAA tournament. Action kicked off with Maryland and West Virginia going down to the wire. The Terrapins won 67-65, holding off the Mountaineers on a last-second three-point attempt from senior guard Kedrian Johnson. That was a barn burn to that first game the uh the terrapins in the first <laughs> half did not score in eight minutes it yes. was 17 to 4 maryland either looked like they were so scared to be there they didn't know what to do yeah but then i saw by the end of the first half they finally woke up and, and i think it was about 31 30 at the half they came back and got into the game yep there was 11 13 remaining in the half and uh they were down 16 to 4 big d so yeah you're right on the money so good game there and then well big upset uh Furman, uh the first bracket bucks buster of the 2023 tournament uh with a wild win over virginia this is before the arizona game which was the biggest upset of the day for sure this is eric smithling of yard barker uh we got our first dash of madness this march when number 13 Furman pulled off a 68 67 upset over number four virginia in the south region Furman's jp pegways Hit a three-pointer, his, uh, his one three made in the game, the only three he made, with 2.2 seconds remaining, and Virginia's last-ditch attempt to avoid the upset was off target. What happened was the ball was inbounded, and the, uh, the player took the ball, <laughs> threw it, tried to throw it to midcourt, got picked off at midcourt, and uh, next thing you know, boom, this guy Pegway's hit a beautiful shot, and Furman, Furman, who's, that's their first NCAA win since 1974. Ooh, long time. So good stuff going on there, Big D. And uh, I'll have some. I'll have some other updates on scores. We have games going on now. We do have to get to our picks. First tip is at uh, nine twenty, so we have a little time. So next uh, segment, I'll pick the games for tonight. There's four games still on the bracket. <laughs> that looks terrible. Okay, very good. I hope you got some. I hope you got some winners. No, I'm down. It was. I was oh, down. Uh, I was down seventy last night. I got some winners tonight. We got okay. twenty on the line coming up. Oh, okay, twenty on the line. Very good, <laughs> Slick Rick. All right, is that a, is that it for sports? That's it for sports. Yeah. All right, very good. We'll do some more sports with Slick Rick coming up but let's do some news news is brought to you by earlytreatmentmeds.com earlytreatmentmeds.com if you're looking for that high dose vitamin d or ivermectin or whatever you're looking for they've got it lfs6b is the code 50 percent off site wide uh what's going on rick delgado all right well i don't know if you remember this name you probably will because he's kind of a diva uh retired lieutenant colonel alexander vinman you remember him Oh, how could you forget? He made waves. Weasel. The, yeah, he made waves as a witness during the first impeachment uh, proceedings of former President Donald Trump is now being accused of trying to profit off the war in Ukraine. What a surprise by pitching lucrative defense contracts through his private company. Yes, he's always been a political activist and opportunist, uh, according to Marsha Blackburn, um, who's masquerading behind his career. He saw an opening for personal fame and profited by exploiting the media's outrage against President Trump. According to Human Events, a conservative digital newspaper, Vindman has been pitching the government of Ukraine to obtain defense contracts through his Trident International LLC, which he just so happens to be the CEO. The report stated last year, Vindman, who was incidentally born in Ukraine, pitched a project worth $12 million that his company said would address the country's problems of managing their readiness, repair, and maintenance of its weapon systems by developing a center within the country to essentially operate as a middleman between NATO 
and the Ukraine military. No wonder so some people in that area of the world are getting a little nervous. The center would reportedly operate in such a way that the equipment and weapons could be repaired in closer proximity to the front line and cut down on the time it takes for transportation and maintenance. It's unclear, however, if the project has been approved. As a report stated, court documents showed there was an ongoing dispute over payments related to so he's already in the payment phase yeah and there's already being there's already problems i guess the check didn't clear this guy's about half responsible for what's going on there now all of a sudden he's a big profiteer off of it demanding more aid i mean you can't get more of a weasel than this guy it's amazing they're uh, rounding up christians where you now in, in ukraine you know, there's a, there's a, there's a big uh, Nazi problem in Ukraine. Uh, New Jersey talk show. Uh, check this out. Have you guys heard about this? Um, an Oregon high school has pulled a suggestive class assignment asking students to write a short story about sexual fantasy after backlash mm. from the parents. Health class students, because that's, of course, where this stuff happens, uh, who missed coursework at Church Hill High School in Eugene, Oregon, were asked via Canvas, an online learning management system, to complete a 10-point assignment titled Fantasy Story. For those students who were absent, you'll write a short story or a paragraph of a paragraph or two, it should say. Uh, this story is a sexual fantasy that will have no penetration of any kind or oral sex. This is in the description. The assignment also has students to choose three items such as candles, massage oil, feathers, flavored syrups, and other things to use in the story. Your story should show that you can show and receive loving physical affection without having sex, the teacher Kirk Miller added at the end of the assignment. The assignment was posted on a Facebook group because that's a great place to post things. Of course. Uh, and received hundreds of comments from parents within an hour. And if an adult male asked my daughter to share her sexual fantasies with him, I would be livid and be going to the police. No teacher has any business asking this of any child, one parent said. One of the parents concerned about the assignment, Catherine Rogers, said students in the class felt mortified, awkward, and creeped out. The district reviews these curriculums, they're supposed to at least, before they get approved, right? Did they actually read this? If this was reviewed, how did it slip through the cracks, they asked. I could see this easily becoming a national scandal, she told Oregon Live. So the, uh, the backlash wow. against school principal Missy Cole as she sent out the letter to parents noting the administration was working with the district office to review the, uh, the curriculum our whole lives to determine the full context of the assignment. So, you know, I have an update when we come back from the break, if you want on a local, local school issue. Oh yeah. It, you're, you're not going to believe it. That's the one that we talked about. There's been another one since then. There's been yeah. like three. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that. But uh, Jason Brown from COVID tax is going to join us when we get back live from studio six B on a Thursday night. Glad you're in. We're back right after this. Lazy yellow moon coming up to tonight, shining through the trees. Crickets are singing and lightning bugs are floating on the breeze. Baby, get ready. Across the field where the creek turns back by the old stump road. I'm gonna take you to a special place that nobody knows. Baby, get ready. Ooh, ooh. You and me go fishing in the dark. 
right, 30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night. Real America's Voice. Glad you're in. Rick Delgado is going to do some more news. Slick Rick, Scott Sports, David Zier's joining us tonight. We'll talk about his time in Iowa, some of the numbers on the ground, what he did down in Mar-a-Lago. We got uh, news as well, lots to get to. We got some great clips to get to today as well. We got an uh, Is This English? And you can imagine who that might be. Uh, but as you've been hearing me talk on this show, and it's, you know, it's with all the bank stuff going on and all of the, you know, it's three years since 15 days to slow the spread. I was reminded of that today. We, we're finally hearing about the good guys getting some win, uh, getting a win from the government, as I've been telling you about COVIDtaxrelief.org uh, and how they've been helping businesses who were able to stay open during the pandemic and keep their employees on. And now they're getting uh, the reward that they deserve. And, you know, we, we see this government, we see this president, and we know the debt ceiling talks coming up, and you see all of this, uh, the president wanting to spend money on every left-wing boondoggle thing there is. Well, you know, now this, here's some money from the government that's actually going to go to good use to, to people who really deserve it. And um, joining us now to talk more about it is Jason Brown. He's the co-founder of COVIDtaxrelief.org. Jason, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having us on. It's good to see you. Uh, it's good to have you. And this is, uh, it's, you know, this is, this is, it's nice to talk about some good news and, and nice to talk about small businesses getting a win here because obviously what they're up against now with inflation and the economy and the tight labor market and all the numbers we're seeing and now the bank issues, man, small business has just been at it for three years. So, you know, tell us a little bit about um, you guys, number one, and tell us a little bit about this program. Well, I love the way you put it, man. Finally, the good guys get a win, right? This this money is set aside for business owners that retained their W-2 employees during the pandemic. They did the hard thing, right? They've kept, many of them struggled and pivoted and found ways to, to keep their doors open and continue to give people a place to work. And so it's good to see them getting some of this money back. And you know, the crazy thing, Damon, is this, this is the last COVID stimulus money available for these business owners. Um, it's been around for a while. We're talking about the employee retention credit. Um, it, it, it came out in the CARES Act under President Trump. So it, it came out at the same time as PPP loans. The big difference here though, is this is not a loan that needs to be forgiven or paid back. It's not a grant that's free money, but you're told how you have to spend it. You know, these business owners can put it in their business, take distribution. They can help employees. They can do whatever they want with it. So it's yeah. exciting. And uh, it's a it's pro, it's a welcome cash infusion when you when you think about. I mean, look at the banks needing it right now. They're getting a cash infusion. Small businesses, of course, is the heart of this country. What makes this uh, capitalistic system work? So a cash infusion right now, like I said, as businesses struggle with rising inflation, rising interest rates, maybe not done with that tight labor market. So, I mean, this is something that uh, really is, I'm sure, comes as a welcome. So, I mean, we heard about EIDL loans and we heard about the PPP and all that. But this sounds like really a welcome uh, thing to small business. It is. And we're not just talking a few bucks here. I mean, it's up to $26,000 per employee. So, even those small businesses with three, four, five employees, I mean, they're getting over $100,000. And then, of course, the 10 to 12 employee businesses, are up around 250 and, and and again we've had several businesses that that we've been able to help and again it's just getting some of their money back that they that they paid to employees so um it is it's exciting and it's you know all they have to do is go to covidtaxrelief.org 
there's an 800 number there. They're welcome to call in or they can put their information in and we'll get a call back. But uh, we'll run them through about a, an eight to 10 minute questionnaire, Damon, that just parallels the qualification guidelines that the IRS has laid out for this. So we can tell them right away if they qualify and give them an idea on how much they'd qualify. For. All right. So how would you, you know, a lot of people here, obviously money, government, they link the two together and they immediately think, hmm, you know, even, yeah. even looking at the details, what do you say to someone who says, man, I don't know if I want to be getting involved with the government. Why should they be looking at this? Why is it, why is it that you, why is it they have to look at it the way we're talking about? They can't look at it as you're getting in bed with government. Try to explain that a little more, what you would tell someone who's a little skeptical about that part of it. Well, look, we all talk about that, right? You just kind of brought it up. Oh, government spending, pumping money out. Here's what you have to understand. This, the check's already been written. The, the CARES Act, the $2.2 trillion stimulus was written in 2020. So this money's been allocated. Guys, they're not giving it back. It's sitting there. You have the opportunity to take it. This specific uh, stimulus was allocated for businesses that retain their employees during the pandemic. So it's not going to affect inflation, the economy. The check's already been written for this. And so we hear that a lot, unfortunately. And look, we you're the ones that did the hard thing, stayed open during COVID. Now you have an opportunity to get some of that money back. Right. And like you said, it's not paid back. So it's not like you're getting in bed with them or somehow you have some attachment to right. it because it's not due back. Right. Um, so let's talk about another question that uh, I've seen come up around this. Businesses who maybe heard about this before they heard about you guys and maybe tried to do something and got denied or, or couldn't figure it out. Are those businesses still eligible? What would you say? Because I'm assuming this, like everything government, is probably extremely uh, tough and red tape and paperwork and all that. And that's where you guys come in, right? You kind of like streamline the process. So tell me about what you guys do to streamline us to take that off of the business owner because they have enough to worry about. And then tell me about someone who maybe went at this before hearing about you guys can they reapply? Should they redo it through you if they didn't get where they wanted to? How does all that work? Yeah, look, you put it a great way. The, the legislation behind this is no surprise. It's over 200 pages, right? And not only that, it has been changed and rewritten multiple times. So if somebody took a look at this a year ago, two years ago, and maybe they didn't qualify at the time, the, the change, every single change up to this point, Damon, has actually been to widen the funnel, to increase the amount of money that, that business owners could take because there was some skepticism met with it. And, and actually the qualifications were pretty, um, they were pretty stringent. So that every change has meant to get more businesses to qualify. So even if you took a look at it before, and, and truthfully, maybe you didn't qualify at that time, it's for sure we're worth revisiting because those those qualifications have changed multiple times. And uh, look, it, worst case scenario, you'll get on the phone, run through our questionnaire with us and find out maybe you didn't qualify. Um, but But again, there's a really good chance that you would. We're speaking with Jason Brown. He's the co-founder of covidtaxrelief.org, covidtaxrelief.org. Let me ask you just one more thing. Uh, if there's a business owner who's out there saying, you know, I, my business has grown the last three years, I was profitable, I was deemed essential. Is somebody like that still, um, can they still look at this? They certainly can. And there, there's really three main qualifiers. And the first one is what you talked about, a revenue. Right. If you if you meet certain revenue requirements, revenue reduction requirements, you would qualify. The second is what you said, 
deemed essential or non-essential. Those are new terms that came about during COVID, right? But if you weren't affected with those two, one of the latest changes was a third qualifier that was supply chain issues, right? For example, a construction company, they, they didn't experience a revenue reduction. They were as busy as they could be. They did not receive a mandate to close because they were deemed essential. But if you tried to get any work done, guess what? They couldn't get concrete, they couldn't get lumber, they couldn't get rebar, they couldn't get drywall, siding, you name it. My own concrete guy, he couldn't get concrete. It, it, that's a problem. And so he was able to qualify based off of a government mandate to someone else that affected him. Maybe a travel mandate, port closures, all of those things can make those businesses who didn't necessarily experience a revenue reduction and were deemed essential still be able to take advantage of the ERC. Well, all right. Sounds, I mean, it's, it's great sounding and it's, it's good for small business because a lot of small businesses, man, with the headwinds they're facing now, and especially after the last three years, like I said before, today's the three-year anniversary of 15 days to slow the spread, and here we are three years later. So these businesses have just been up against it. So, uh, well, listen, I appreciate what you guys are doing. COVIDtaxrelief.org. COVIDtaxrelief.org. Go there now. If you're a small business owner and you fit the criteria of what we've been talking about, go check it out. 26000 per employee. Uh, could be a nice cash infusion to the bottom line of the business and uh, give you that kick you need. So, uh, Jason, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Have a good night, guys. Jason Brown from COVIDtaxrelief.org. COVIDtaxrelief, all one word, COVIDtaxrelief.org. All right, live from Studio 6B, 39 past the hour. Uh, let's do a little more news and hear what the news brought to you by Early Treatment Meds. EarlyTreatmentMeds.com, all one word, is uh, Rick Delgado. What's going on, pal? Microphone working, but if I did, I'd be talking to you about this. That'd be my fault. Right. <laughs> um, have you heard about this story? This one coming from our neighbors over in Newark, New Jersey, who uh, I guess they got scammed. You would say they got duped into a sister sister city scam by a non-existent Hindu nation called Kalasa. Something like that. Officials in Newark were initially thrilled to partner with the Hindu nation of the United States. They called it the United States of Kailasa. The only problem is the country doesn't exist. Oh, boy. After hosting delegates of the made-up country at a formal ceremony. Just in January, City Hall has admitted that the whole thing was a scam led by a notorious Indian fugitive named Swami Nithar whatever. Um, <laughs> Newark officials said the agreement only lasted for six days. It was only six days. Phil Murphy at the bar during this. <laughs> during this. <laughs> and was rendered baseless and void, as the, a, a, adding that no money actually exchanged hands in the hey, ceremony. Yummy. Welcome to New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Although this was a regrettable incident, they said the city of Newark remains committed yeah. to partnering no, with no, people of diverse cultures in oh. order to enrich each other, not just themselves. Uh -huh. uh, connectivity, support, and mutual respect. The SISTA program was established after World War II to promote cultural and commercial ties between two municipalities around the world. Newark is New Jersey's largest city and biggest dopes. Uh, during that ceremony where they signed the deal, uh, January the 12th, Newark Mayor Roz Baraka told the fake delegates, I pray our relationship helps us understand cultural, social, and political developments and improves the lives of everybody in both places. It, this is like, this is the, uh, the, the George uh, Santos of uh, countries. Nobody does a background. Nobody does a Google search. 
That oh. dirt bag is running again. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Where are they from? They want to come in? Yeah, bring them in. <laughs> bring them in. But there's no improvement coming from the fictitious residents of Kalasa, as the Newark residents only feel embarrassed by their leaders fell for a scam. No one in City Hall, not one person did a Google search. Here you go. So maybe we need a transformation at City Hall because not one person said, let me go and Google and figure out if this is a real city. Um, the Google map shows Kalisa only reveals a slew of temples in the southern half of India and even a meditation center in Connecticut, but not a city or a nation that was supposedly, uh, I thought I read this in another article where it said they were, they claimed that the, the Island nation was a small nation off the, uh, the coast of, of South America. So a Hindu nation off the coast of South America. Wow. Mm. You know, the government, uh, <laughs> it's not going to tip over the, the people in government in Newark probably couldn't tell you where France is. So it's not a very competent situation. Going I wonder on where there. their esteemed Senator was. I guess he was too busy. He's too yeah. busy to get involved there. Well, he Cory was, Booker. He was, he's, he's, he's a, he, he was he, having trouble trying to book tickets to the place. He spends a lot of time in Newark. Doesn't he? <laughs> I think so. Amazing. So that's all I got for news right now. Back to you. All right. Live from Studio 6B on a Thursday, we'll do some more sports. And David Zier will tell us about what's going on in Iowa when we get back. Right after this, glad you're in. Six short months we went together, decided it should be forever. Two paychecks were better than one, a diamond ring, and it was done. Bought her a house like I said I would in a subdivided neighborhood. Short and the nights got long, it was over long gone before I knew where I was headed to. I'm going through the big being don't mean Dallas. I can't believe what the judge had to tell us. I got the Jeep, she got the power. All right, 13 to the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night. Glad you're in. Rick Delgado's got some more news. I've got some stuff to get to, as does David Zier's joining us tonight. But right now, let's do some more sports. And here with that is Slick Rick, Rick Amirati, at Slick Rick Sports on Getter, Twitter, Truth Social. Follow him on those social media. Uh, sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow, MyPillow.com slash LFS6B for all the best deals for the LFS6B audience. And our promo code LFS6B will get you 10 to 50, 60% off some items. This is crazy, the wow. savings. So, so like Rick, what's going on in sports? All right, well, full blast, Big D. March Madness. Let's get right to it. I'm going to run down the scores for everybody. Games in action right now. Auburn and a good one with Iowa, the great state of Iowa. This is number nine versus number eight, 66-62. Four minutes to go in the second half. And you got uh, Duke over Oral Roberts, 57-52. Seven to go there in the second. Also in the second, right now, Northwestern and Boise State. State tied at 40. Uh, at the half, Texas over Colgate, 41-32. No surprise there. And earlier today, Maryland, we spoke about over West Virginia, 67-65. Furman in a big upset, number 13 over number 4, Virginia, 68-67. Missouri, 76-65 uh, over Utah State. Kansas, number one Kansas, a big favorite, 96-68 over Howard Texas A&M Corpus Christi fell to Alabama. Bama roll tide 96-75. Bama looking good at number one as well. San Diego State 63-57 over Charleston. Tight game there. Uh, Princeton 
Big upset, now, probably the upset of the day for sure, over Arizona, number two Arizona, 59-55. Joe had it the whole way. Big D was going to run the table, and no. He saw me said, don't oh, jump. Man. <laughs> don't jump. <laughs> and don't shoot. And don't, don't score. Shoot. Don't, don't jump. Don't play defense. Not a joke. Exactly. Well, now you told Arizona, if you got a seat, take it on your couch because you're going to be watching the rest of the tournament. And uh, we got uh, Arkansas over Illinois, 73-63. to 63. No surprise there. Good game as well. And, uh, well, we're going to pick them now, Big D. I'll take the segment to do that. Uh, we got number one Houston in North Kentucky. I'm going to go with Houston. I think they run the table. Mattress Mac put big money on them today. I'll get that story coming up a little bit later. Houston minus 19. Uh, I got 18 and a half. 19. Boy, that's a lot. All right, 19. I'm going to die. I think they win by 20. It's going to be like the Bama game. So give me Houston with the win. I'm going to take Louisiana over Tennessee with the points. Uh, Tennessee laying 11, I see. 11 and a half. 11 and a half. Give me the 11 and a half. I picked up a half there. So, so you're taking Louisiana plus 11 and a half over, uh, over Rick Fiction's Tennessee Vols. I think the Raging Cajuns are going to make it close. I think Tennessee will win, but I think the points you're are just too much. That. I don't really care. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Penn State. Let's go. Look, Penn- look at what he's got. I think we're pretty safe. He, he's our very Listen, own Joe there Biden. There was a time I was up to, uh, 40 grand, so Relax, don't get winners. I'm coming back. You watch. Ahead, All right, State. come on. Penn State over. I'm going to take Penn State over Texas A&M. I like plus Penn State. Plus two and a half. Oh, boy, I had three. Okay, plus I like the two and a half. <laughs> Give me the points. And last but not least, I see an upset in the making tonight. Give me UNC Asheville with the points over UCLA. That's 17 a and a half. Yeah, I'll take that. Uh, seven. That's, that's a 10 o'clock tip-off. Two major players on UCLA are not going to play tonight, most likely. I think that's going to be a tight game there. Uh, All I got right. time. Time so, for any stories, Big D? You gotta yeah, yeah, you got six minutes. You got plenty of time. Go ahead. All right. Well, here's a good one. Conor McGregor donates $1 million to tunnel to, ta- uh, to tunnel to towers on Hannity. This is Dylan Gwynn of Breitbart. UFC star uh, Conor McGregor came through for America's Fallen Heroes in the military and law enforcement on Wednesday night, donating $1 million to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation on the Fox News channel. As human beings, it's a must to give back. McGregor said in front of live studio audience on Hannity, I work to give back. I work to support my family. And you know, this is what we must deal with. If people want to help donate to this great foundation, Tunnel to Towers, you can also do so. We'd appreciate that greatly. Tunnel to Towers CEO Frank Silla's brother, FDNY fighter Stephen Silla, uh, was killed in the 9-11 attacks. Frank began the nonprofit as a way to honor fallen fighters, cops, and emergency workers, as well as fallen and severely injured military members by paying off their mortgages. Uh, McGregor got so excited when calling Frank Silla's brother a hero that he let an expletive slip on the air. He did a Paul Nolan there. Uh, but uh, but as Silla said, McGregor, he said, you had it right the first time because he stopped. He realized he cursed and uh, it was a cute moment. He dropped the F-bomb he, on Fox? He certainly did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good old Hannity almost had a stroke. Uh, and, but the Irishman uh, check brings the total amount of his donations to... Uh, to tunnel the towers to five million dollars, he utilizes it through his proper twelve whiskey, which I've never had. I understand it is very good, uh, but uh, yes. So, uh, and Hannity announced that he was going to write a hundred thousand dollar check as well. So, very nice raising that money for them. So, I thought that was a cute little story. And uh, well, the Mets got some bad news. Edwin Diaz, their oh ace God. closer, only the celebrating. Mets. Only, only the Mets. The Mets. <laughs> only the Mets. <laughs> but, only the Mets. But I'll leave you hanging. I'll give you that story in the next sports segment. That's a wrap. Oh big man, day. I know it. I saw Ooh. it. I saw it. And I saw Frank the Tank from Bar. He was not happy. No, no. Probably the biggest Mets fan there is. He had he had literally almost had a stroke on his uh, Instagram live as he pulled as he tore his ACL. <laughs> oh my God! I thought Just he was going to have a heart attack right live on the. We should pull that up. I don't think he curses in it. It's hysterical. Oh, it's crazy. 
Oh my God! Crazy. So, only, only the, the Mets. Mets. Yep, only the Mets. that's exactly right. The Metropolitans. Yes. All right, Slick Rick. We'll do some more sports with Slick Rick in the next hour. David Zier, let's talk about Iowa. You said the president and uh, the numbers on the ground and what he's done there. Tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, well, it's really important. By the way, Sean Hannity's a very generous guy. I, I know that for a fact. He helps everybody. He raised like thirteen million for our vets too. Um, but Iowa. Well, you know, he's out of favor right now with all conservatives. Yeah, well, he's uh, actually his message is going back to the right. But, yeah, I understand. And he, you know, peeved some people during COVID and stuff. So but the Hawkeye State, right, named after Chief Blackhawk, very important state. The Iowa caucuses, the Democrats got out of the Iowa caucuses. They're starting off with James Clyburn uh, in South Carolina. That'll be the first venue for the Democrats. But it's really important that Trump yeah. was there. Why not, by the way? Without South Carolina, we wouldn't have Biden. Yeah, right. He was dead going into South Carolina. Yeah. So Trump gave this America First education uh, speech at CPAC. And he said, we have to protect our children from grooming and sexual exploitation. And we need to reinstill the love of our students for America through the 1776 Commission. Get rid of revisionist history get rid of CRT. So we followed it up with this trip to Iowa after the other candidates like Nikki Haley and everybody was there, right? Tim Scott, people didn't announce yet. Uh, DeSantis. But Trump's crowd blew them all away, which we discussed earlier. But I just wanted to give you some stats here. Mike Pence was there also. Um, but back in November was the last time Trump was there in the midterms. And he said that the Iowa way of life is under siege, open borders, violent crime, indoctrination of our children with a twisted race and gender lunacy and creating communism and lack of respect for our law enforcement officials. So he came, he made that speech. But people don't know that Trump did probably more for uh, Iowa than almost any other state. Um, he brought $28 billion back from the Chinese to buy uh, products from the farmers oh. of Iowa. Um, he also fought for ethanol, which is controversial, but he gave, got a lot of money for corn. 90% of Iowa is farmland, um, but 75% of the economy is finance, real estate, and um, <clears throat> and manufacturing. And they're very vulnerable, especially with the savings and loan stuff going on, because you know, if you're underwriting at uh, the bank fails, you can't pay people payroll. And Iowa has an unemployment rate of 3.1%, 0.3% less than the national average. But it also, in the eastern side of Iowa, you have four. 5%, right? But that's like 7% because everybody's working two jobs. The producer price index in, in Iowa, the price of goods from sellers is up 40% since 2019. And the mortgage interests are um, double from just a year ago for Iowans. Um, you know, but when I think of Iowa, I think of the rugged individualist who made this country great. You know, it was halfway through America for the manifest destiny. A lot of banks in Iowa, South Dakota, the Mississippi River. It's an extraordinary place. And I just wanted to get into really quick, um, the, the conservative agenda in the state house is huge. For six years, they've been having a, a conservative um, you know, reform uh, over multiple elections. They expanded the majorities in the House and the Senate. Um, Iowa Republicans recently banned gender-affirming care for minors. But Chuck Grassley put together a bill also to prevent child Sexual abuse uh, passed the bill uh, in the Senate unanimously to protect our children and trafficking. And Ashley Hinson in the second congressional district up there had a bill to expand agriculture technology to the farmers to make their own decisions. Um, and, uh, you know, there's some extraordinary, extraordinary stuff going on in Iowa and people really need to pay attention. I think Trump takes Iowa again. Yeah. Uh, gee, throw up this um, 
throw up this video of this girl if you can just throw in. I mean just look at the look on her face as she uh pretty uh pretty good there. I live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night. More news, more sports, more David Zier. I got a couple good things as well. Hour two coming up. Glad you're in. you do it you play the guitar on MTV that ain't working From Studio 6B, Aaron on the big board over there with Geo. Everybody will get to know uh, Aaron a little better here over the next coming weeks and days. Oh, I, I, I thought Geo transitioned and he didn't tell us. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell happened? No. <laughs> She's on the uh, on the big board and doing a fantastic job already. She's much easier on the eyes than Geo. Sorry, Geo. Oh, <laughs> come on. Gio. Oh, come Gio on. right under the bus. Geo, wow. dude. Geo, I'm your nightmare. <laughs> uh, so Greg's doing sports. Rick Delgado's, Rick Delgado's got the news. <laughs> he just he's left. out. He's out. See you, G. <laughs> He's mailing it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> oh. David Sears joined us. Oh, uh, man. Uh, Thursday night. Lots to get to here in hour two. Why don't we jump right in? Uh, the House Oversight Committee today. I've been telling you to watch out for uh, Comer in this committee. And uh, last night we talked about uh, his um, interview with Maria Bartiromo and what he laid out and the fact that there was now three... At least last night, there was three Biden names that he wouldn't reveal the third because he said it changes everything because it had not been heard of before. And today, GOP Oversight Committee put out the following. New evidence. Bank records we've obtained reveal Rob Walker, a Biden family associate, used his company to transfer money from a Chinese energy company to Hunter Biden, James Biden, Haley Biden, and an unknown Biden. So now, three has become a foursome. Now we have four names. Specifically, on March 1st, 2017, less than two months after VP Joe Biden left public office, Robinson uh, Walker LLC received a $3 million wire from State Energy HK Limited, a Chinese company. Uh, Robinson Walker LLC then wired $1,065,000 to a company associated with James Gilliar. James Gilliar was a business partner of Hunter Biden and was involved in foreign transactions with the Biden family. Afterwards, Biden family members and their companies began receiving incremental payments over a period of approximately three months. The total money transferred adds up to $1,065,692. The Biden family members who received the money from this account include James Biden, Hunter Biden, Haley Biden, a new person of interest in the Biden business scheme. A fourth bank account identified as an unknown Biden 
also received money. We are continuing to investigate the identity of this account holder. From the bank records, it appears that the Biden family received approximately one third of the money obtained from the China wire. Ultimately, the American people deserve transparency into the extent of the Biden family's influence peddling. We intend to deliver legislation that will preclude family members from capitalizing on their relatives' public office as we suspect the Bidens to have done. Accountability is coming. So that from James Comer in the Oversight Committee today. So now three has become four. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and it's interesting to see how this is all starting to come out, right? It was something that we kind of all suspected and all kind of knew, but we all knew Hunter was involved. We all knew, uh, what was it, uh, James was involved because out of the blue, he became a builder. Uh, builder, And, you know, David Zier, you know what it takes to get into building. Can you just jump into it and sign mega million dollar contracts? Yeah, we landed if you have a no huge, experience? like, hundred million dollar contract to build homes in Iraq or something. And he had a meeting in the uh, White House, which uh, violated a lot of stuff. Um, you know, when and, and Biden said he knew nothing about it, but this is six or seven people. Yeah. And the oversight committee is also looking into Saudi Arabia um, with uh, he cut that deal for energy uh, production before the election, like election interference to create a better scenario for gas prices. Mm -hmm. So he's uh, in a lot of trouble. But this is expanded to six, seven people. Yeah. And this uh, this company is, is almost like a pass through. So it's it's, you know, it's money coming from a. CCP related company. Yeah. So and usually to get this kind of money, you get to have some kind of you got to have some kind of services provided, don't you think? It's a quid pro quo. Oh. It just depends on so what did they what did they provide mm. for this money? Gets a lot of money to find <laughs> uh, services. <laughs> if if it's not just um access, what was it? It's none probably, of them have uh, ever none of them have ever not lived off the public dole joe biden number one in that list it's all he's ever done it's seven family uh members in the biden family and they sent uh three million dollars this chinese company to a shell company right so yeah. it's uh it's getting serious definitely and, and as comer said and it's obviously an obvious question what are the national security implications here what are the national security concerns as as David Zier rightly points out in the opening of the show, the world's falling apart all over the place. And we have no idea if this guy's bought and paid for in all these places or they've got stuff on him or who, I mean, who the hell knows what's going on? Yeah. yeah. And, and especially because let's face it. Um, when did these payments start immediately after he left office as vice president? So it would only seem to reason. And, you know, we're just speculating that these deals were cut before he left office, but money can't change hands because I'm in office right now, so you gotta wait. Yeah, and thank God for the great work, like Peter Schweitzer, I mean, we knew all this stuff years ago, right? Yeah. Just like all the other issues, we knew we were right, and it's all coming true. Um, so pretty extraordinary stuff. Going Comer on. says the oversight committee is concerned about the national security implications resulting from President Biden's family receiving millions of dollars from foreign nationals. We will continue to follow the money trail and facts to determine if President Biden is compromised by his family's business schemes and if there is a national security threat. Now, this is the first time, at least that I've heard this name, Haley Biden. Has anyone else heard her yeah, name before? Sure. Yeah, I've heard her name mentioned before, which I, I think is why they have no problem this mentioning is Bo it now. This uh, late 
uh, Bo Biden's uh, widow, right? That's yeah, who Haley and, is? Yeah, and, and who, who um, you know, Hunter had an affair with 15 days after Bo Biden died and got her hooked on crack, and she had to be sent to a rehab facility. I mean, this is, like, incredible stuff here. Uh, but there was, like, subpoenas for, like, 10 years of financial records from Bank of America on this. I think it's going to explode. And now you have to wonder who the fourth and unknown Biden is. Is it Jill? Are they stupid enough to have sent something to Jill Biden? I'm sure her name's going to come up. Um, but I think this unnamed Biden is someone that, like Homer said, they, they had no idea. Of. They, they had no idea that this person was uh, receiving money. And it'll be interesting because all these people were supposed to register as foreign agents uh, to do this kind of work. But like you said, they, nobody knows what they did to receive this money. And like Homer said, we don't know because they can't provide, they, they haven't seen any evidence of any, any work that they've done that will, you know, kind of fill in the blank as to, so what did you do to get paid by the CCP for this? The unknown Biden, that account received 70000 from Robinson Walker LLC between and, two months in 2017. Yeah. And, and the reason yeah. why these 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 SARS these these suspicious activity reports happen is because you have an account and your account has a history, and if if, if it varies too much from that history, uh, that's what produces this flag. That that's what sends out the account. That, that's where the bank goes. Wait, you know, seventy thousand. This this account usually gets a thousand dollars here and there, five hundred bucks here and there. Kind of moves it around. Uh, a seventy thousand dollar infusion. That is concerning, especially when it comes from from a from a company they haven't seen any any relation to. Haley so. Biden got twenty five thousand on March twentieth. Then she got ten thousand. Yeah. Uh, Haley Biden at the time was dating Hunter. Meanwhile, an account belonging to Hunter received five hundred thousand, and then James received three hundred and sixty thousand. Now remember. What, what did Hunter say in his laptop in one of his messages? He was complaining to, I think he was complaining to his daughter or, or someone like that. Yeah, they, um, don't, you have to, they don't take what you like. I don't, right. I, you're not giving up like I'm giving up to the big guy. Right, he gives up half. So you got to figure 250K probably came off the top of Hunter's cut, we're assuming, based on what he said, um, that mysteriously probably disappeared. So I guess they'll have to check the bank records to see where this, if, if any transfers happened after that. This is how the money laundering thing, they just keep, they just keep shuffling it between, between different accounts and eventually it, it kind of gets washed, as they say. Yeah, and uh, Jamie Raskin, you know, is really a rat. Election denier, yes. Yeah, he's a rat. And, uh, you know, he left out material facts about the $3 million wire. Um, no, and, really? and said, yeah, that Mr. Walker, who handles these transactions for the Biden family, you know, um, failed to report miscellaneous purchases such as Papa John's and coffees at Starbucks. <laughs> Meanwhile, okay. he left out $3 million wire from a Chinese company yeah. in March 2017. So this is what we're dealing with. There definitely is a, a Biden crime family syndicate. It always has been. Yeah. I mean, uh, like, a, like a, first, a first year law student could figure this out. Yeah. Like Giuliani always says, this is the easiest RICO case that maybe he's ever seen. I mean, but the question is, will anything happen? Right. Yeah. And, and, and you know, when you're talking about, uh, you know, Giuliani's, what he knows, because he's, he's had a copy of this laptop. He's had the hard drive. 
So uh, when you mentioned the Rico case, yeah, he, he knows exactly what, what was uh, going on. Now it's a matter of, okay, we know what was going on. Now we have to kind of backtrack, put it all together, and prove it. So it, Bob Costello, who helped him translate the laptop, what they did was they helped uh, create a chronology of all the uh, events in the Biden family that was on the laptop, and they were able to sort it out. And that's what Giuliani and Bob Costello did, and then gave it to Miranda Devine, and she wrote her book, Laptop from Hell. Did you see her piece yesterday, how the Bi we now know that the Biden uh, campaign at the time was in on drafting the letter that the 51 intelligence professionals yeah. signed off on? Yeah, it was extraordinary. Her piece yesterday was extraordinary. Every day, her, every, every uh, a couple of days a week, her stuff is extraordinary. And, uh, yeah, so... I think it's uh, all coming out. That's the, uh, the, the, the silver lining that I see in America, you know, is that the stuff is coming out. The parents are fighting wokeism. Um, you know, uh, Trump is reemerging. Um, there are some good things, even if it's going to go to pot. Yeah. And then, of course, you've got Kamala Harris on the, the Colbert show. <laughs> Did you see any of that? No. Oh, my oh, goodness. That's got to be video. Wow. Do you have that? <laughs> is this English, G? <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. Fire it up. It is important to understand what freedom and opportunity means to real people every day, which calls into question whether we're all on the same page about what freedom means. <laughs> Wow. Hmm. She never has anything substantive to oh, say no. ever. It was a word salad. Holy moly. Oh, I played the wrong song. Well, you're going to have to hear it again. All right, live from Last Studio 6B. We're back right after this. picture out from our old dresser drawer. I set it on the table and I talked to it till four. I read some old love letters right up till the break of dawn. Yeah, I've been sitting alone. Digging up bones Then I went through the jewelry And I found our wedding rings I put mine on my finger And I gave yours a fling Across this lonely bedroom Of our recent broken home All right, 17 past the hour live from Studio 6B uh, Rick Delgado's got the news. David Zier sitting in with us tonight. Slick Rick's going to do sports. Gio and Aaron holding it down on the big board tonight. We'll get to some news here in a second. Plus, I got some other things to get into. Uh, Janet Yellen was uh, testifying today. We got some clips of that we'll get to. Uh, talking about the banks. Fed balance sheet. Fed balance sheet as we're fighting inflation. I believe the numbers came out today. The Fed balance sheet increased last week by $130 billion as we're trying to fight that inflation. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about that as well. But right now, let's do sports. Sports is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Use our code LFS6B at checkout 
So, Rick, what's going on? All right, let's get back to the scoreboard. NCAA women's. We got the first four in action tonight. And St. John's, big deal. Our neighbors just won 66-64 over Purdue. They hey, what was that on. comment in the getter chat for uh, the Biden song? What was it? <laughs> oh, that was about dire straits. They said that uh, money for nothing that we played earlier. That was MAGA Kansan. MAGA Kansan said the, mo the money for nothing that we played earlier should be what the Biden family's theme song is. And they're in dire straits, which is the group. I like that That's one right there. Good Good, That's a good one right See, there. Pay attention to the chat. Uh, and uh, so St. John's over Purdue, big D for the ladies. Moving on. And Tennessee and Monmouth just on the way uh, in the first half. NBA action. Nets over the King. Oh, sorry. Check that. Kings over the Nets. 76-68. Minute to go there in the third. Paces right now trail the Bucks by uh, six. And that's at the half. The uh, Nuggets over the Pistons. 119-100. That just went final. Listen to this one. NHL. Panthers 9-5. to over the Canadians. Real defensive battle there. And uh, Penguins and Rangers tied at two in the Garden. The Rangers with 10 minutes to go in the third. The Lightning and the Devils also tied at two out in Jersey. Uh, 7.44 to go in the third there. Avalanche lead the Senators 5-3. to three. Uh, Blackhawks over the Predators 1-0. Bruins lead the Jets 2-zip. Stars and Oilers tied at no score there actually. 0-0. Zero, zero. Uh, and that, that one's just underway. Let's see what else we got. NCAA men's basketball. We ran all the scores before still in action right now. Boise State trails Northwestern by four. Five and a half to go there in the second half. And right now, Texas taking care of business against Colgate. 64 uh, to 49. 11 to go there in the second. And Houston getting ready to tip against North Kentucky. Big D. I got Houston laying 19 points there. So that's a good one there, that game. Uh, quick story. I'll, I'll uh, get to this one here. Matt, right in line with the uh, NCAA, what's going on? Jim Mattress Mac McInville better combine four million dollars on the Houston Cougars to win March Madness for a potential potential payout of nearly forty million big ones, Big D. This is Paul Boys of Breitbart. Uh, McInville, known for the gallery furniture retail chain operating out of Houston, Texas, began putting money down on the Cougars earlier in the season for a combined total of $4 million. USA Today broke it down as follows. Early in the season, Mac put down $1 million on Houston plus eight fifty at FanDuel Sportsbook, added another $1 million at Houston plus nine hundred at DraftKings, and dropped $1 million on Houston plus eight hundred at Caesar Sports. As the tournament drew closer, uh, Mac dropped a Another 500000 each on Houston at BetMGM and Boston Sportsbook. He's spreading the wealth, Big D. Sure. Uh, that's a $4.05 million wager for an astounding $39.475 million payout, including his stake. It would be surprising if Mac, it wouldn't be surprising if Mac added a little more in his bet. Boy, he feels strong about Houston. Houston is a good number one. They're about favored by 19 tonight. I'm riding the Mac, the Mac mattress tonight myself uh, with that. that those, but the six to one odds are tied for the longest odds. That's what uh, Houston's getting for a pre-tournament favorite since the field expanded to 64 teams way back in 1985. The four number one seeds are the top four betting favorites though the West appears loaded. Four of the top nine favorites are all in the West noted ESPN. And I'll tell you, I, I think we're still ripe. That Arizona, that's a big upset and I think that's the harbinger for what's going to come, Big D. Yeah. We should check out who else Biden had in his bracket. If we just oh, bet against goodness. every thing he picked, we'll probably be millionaires by the end of it. We'll be up there with Mattress <laughs> Mac. <laughs> I know. Exactly. Uh, and that's a wrap in sports. <laughs> Arizona. I can't that, believe it. It's unbelievable. I can't believe he picked a number two seed and they uh, lost to a 13 seed in the first game.
What do they say? Say it ain't so Joe. Yeah, well, that's Joe so for Joe. you. Oh, this, this isn't calculus, big deal. This isn't yeah, calculus, yeah, this you're is right. gambling. <laughs> yeah, well, don't bet with Joe, that's for sure. All right, Hold Slick on. Rick, uh, very good. David Sears, someone was asking for your update, and I just remembered, I was looking in the chat, your update on the teacher's uh, issue here on Long yeah. Island. Why don't you tell us? Well, I guess my point is that if you think people don't make a difference, they do. All right? I've had many experiences in my life challenging government, suing government, one person, had results. I could tell, talk about that another time, but 500 people about came out to protest Deborah Rosenquist, the uh, fifth grade teacher in Comsawag School District, who was trying to groom a nine-year-old girl to think she was a boy and called him Leo. A former student also said the teacher accused her, um, the kids because they were playing with the same gender as sexist little children. Um, she had a book she authored, like, and then she had another book called Call, Call Me Neither in the Classroom, totally abusing her power. My daughter's fourth grade teacher 10 years ago, but she never pulled this back then, but I think people feel like they have a license to do it. So all these parents showed up. Thanks to the America First Warehouse for coordinating that on Long Island. They coordinated these, these parents. They came and spoke at the boardroom. She has since been remanded to the rubber room and is not teaching until this is resolved. So if, if you think one person can't make a difference, uh, they definitely can. And I have a couple more stories for you uh, at some point. Here, well, so. Michael Knight told us that years ago, right? One man can make a difference. Mm -hmm. I love that show. Did you watch that show growing up? Mm -hmm. Knight Rider? Michael Knight, one man bit. can make a difference. A yeah, that's what he said. It, it jumped the shark after a couple seasons. No, nah, it was great. Nah. Um, all right, very good. Uh, and Project Veritas had, by the way, Project Veritas dropped something today that I didn't get a chance to really uh, look at, but it was something on the vaccines. The fact that either Moderna or Pfizer knew about the elevated risk in their, um, in their shots of myocarditis. I guess internal memos showed, which they have now been leaked to, and they put them out today. Yeah. Did you see James O'Keefe's video yesterday? I saw the one with Jericho School District on Long Island. Well, that uh, was Project from, Veritas. Did you see Project Veritas. Right. Did you see O'Keefe's new uh, organization? Though? I did. Uh, I'm so happy for him because um, he was Project Veritas. Um, I've had the chance to sit down with him in the past. Um, huge follower. Uh, he's going to kill it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, let's get to a couple. I don't do we have. What do we have time? We have time. Uh, let me see. How long is this cut? No, we don't have time for that. All right. We'll, we'll get to the cuts with Janet Yellen here in a second. I just want to touch on, as we're sitting here talking about the Biden crimes right out in plain sight. Here's what else is going on. CNN exclusive tonight. Dozens of Mar-a-Lago staff from servers to aides now subpoenaed in the classified documents probe. So the fishing expedition has officially now expanded and begun down at Mar-a-Lago. Two dozen people from the resort staff to members of Trump's inner circle at the Florida State have now been subpoenaed to testify to a federal grand jury that's investigating the former president's handling of classified documents. Multiple sources familiar with the investigation told CNN. On Thursday, Trump's communication aide, Margot Martin, who worked in the White House and then moved with Trump to Florida, appeared before the grand jury. One of special counsel Jack Smith's senior most prosecutors was involved in that interview. Martin, who was among a small group of former White House advisors who have remained employed by Trump after he left office, declined to answer any questions 
when approached by a CNN reporter. Smith has sought testimony from a range of people close to Trump, from his own attorneys who represent him, to staffers who work on the grounds at Mar-a-Lago, including a housekeeper and restaurant servers. Yeah. (laughs) Nobody's been more persecuted than uh, Donald Trump and Eric Trump uh, in history, except for Jesus Christ. The the staffers are of interest to the investigators because of what they may have seen or heard while (laughs) on their daily duties. Witch hunt. Fishing expedition. All right, live from Studio 6B on a Thursday. We're back right after this. Come on, boy. Staying too long at the honky-tonk. Spending too much just to tie one on. Little less right and a lot more wrong. Sounds like something I do. Calling in sick when the fish are biting. Taking those curds with the gravel flying. Keeping one eye on the next horizon. Sounds like something I do. I never had. Live from Studio 6B, 30 minutes past the hour. Glad you're in. David's here joining us tonight. Slick Rick's doing sports. Delgado's going to do some news. You said you saw uh, Kamala Harris on um, yes, Late uh, Night with a Dummy? On, on, on uh, Stephen Colbert. Um, and she... It, it was amazing. Amazing. Uh, stunning. Uh, I can't think of any more adjectives right now because her 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 stupidity made me more stupid. Hey, Aaron, throw up my uh, throw up my uh, screen here if you can. Here's I think the clip that you asked me about. Uh, let's see what she has to say here. Okay, so here's the thing, because you and I have visited before. I know you love Veep. I do. I, I love Veep. Is it accurate? There is. There are bits of it that are actually quite accurate. And um, okay, so last week. So my team, they were, we were having long days as usual. And a member of my team decided to do something really sweet for me. Mm-hmm. So I was out of my office in the West Wing. Well, I was having daughter. a meeting across the street <laughs> and we're walking back toward my office. And he says, I need to tell you something. So I wanted, you know, the winter is almost over. It's really cold today. We haven't lit your fireplace. So I decided when you were in that meeting to light the fireplace. Uh-huh. But he forgot to open the flute. <laughs> so Secret Service was like, ma'am, you could not go back to your office. Holy cow. Because there was smoke everywhere. Okay, oh, so here's man. the thing. Did she say the flute? Smoking. It's the, a flu. The flu. Did she say flute? Open the flu. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. She's she so, doesn't, I she don't doesn't know. understand that the show Veep... <laughs> was about an incompetent woman who was vice president. Yeah. She didn't get it. Yeah. She didn't understand it. And from what I understand, there's more where Colbert tries to save her, gives her an out, and she doesn't take it because she's not smart enough. It was amazing to watch. She's not engaged in any way, shape, or form. Our country's rotting to the core. She's she's a poster child for affirmative action. She's just not smart. I don't know how she became attorney. I don't know how she passed a bar. Well, okay. Um, It it baffles my mind. No comment. Here's here's another. um, Flew over to Cuckoo's Nest. (laughs) Here's another moment of just absolute cringe. Uh, there's a there's a uh, in the, one of the themes of the show is that her character, uh, Selena Meyer, is frustrated by the sometimes vague 
duties of the role. Like it's a it's a high constitutional office, but it's not prescribed so much about what you're supposed to be doing. Is, is that oh, yeah, ring true? Like what does what is the actual role on a daily basis as you have found it? Well, I have the great privilege of serving with Joe Biden, who was president of the United States. Big applause sound. Right. Exactly right. Exactly right. And and was vice president. Right. Does that affect so, it? Does, does, does he understand what it's like to does, be a vice president? He does. Like, could Colbert jump over the thing in liquor? Like, I mean, like, give her a kiss? Like, sit in her lap? Like, listen to him. Good Lord. And, and he is... He really is a true partner and he understands the job. And remember, we came in during the height of the pandemic. Yes. And so, so much of the work was about, okay, we've got to cover a lot of bases and let's figure out how between us we can do it. But he is um, an extraordinary leader and I wish that people could see. Uh, the question was, <laughs> the job. have you figured out the job of the vice president yet and what you're supposed to be doing? You know what, Damon? What I more see, time. because uh, there's only one person who sits behind that resolute desk. And the decisions that that person has to make are the decisions that nobody else in the country can make. And he's an extraordinary well, leader. Well, obviously, obviously, <laughs> yes, that's true. He's an extraordinary leader. Obviously, that's true. There's only yeah. one at a time, and he's the only one who can sit behind that desk and make the decisions. Yes. Oh, God. The world is like a, a dry... No. Tinderbox about to explode, Continue, and he's a great I, leader. I, I think he's, he, he kind of he gives it to her a little bit here because she doesn't answer the question. Okay, let's, uh, let's see. That's an, excellent, that's an excellent answer. And uh, the question was, what is the job of the vice president? <laughs> and your answer is part of the job, I'm guessing. Well, you know, my job is to do, I mean, for example, I'll tell you, um, I was recently in Munich at the Munich Security Conference. Yes. <laughs> and... Um, and the job there was to stand up, and as you know, most of my career I spent as a prosecutor, and I declared that um, we, the United States of America, believe that Russia has committed crimes against humanity. Okay, so there you uh, go. There's, there's her job. She didn't even know what direction the Ukraine was when she was in oh, Poland. No. She's too much. You know, I... Uh, I want her to be taken seriously. I want serious people in these positions, but these are just not serious people. They're just not good people. They're just they're not just good not... at what they do. They're no. not serious. It's they're both. just the laughing stock of the world. They're not, they're not serious people. Yeah, they're just not this, serious people. This is what happens when you pick through a check checkbox. Check the box, check the box, check the box. Okay, you qualify. You're hired. Every day in the Trump administration was about strategic energy dominance and to be a leader on the world stage every single day. There's none of that. There's none of that. Uh, all right, let's get to this hearing. I, I want to hear um, John Cornyn today. Not, not that I'm a huge fan most of the time of John Cornyn, because I'm not. But he got yelling uh, about inflation today. Cut three, Aaron, if we can get that ready. Uh, John Cornyn with uh, Janet Yellen on inflation. Roll that. Good morning, Madam Secretary. When you uh, testified before this committee almost two years ago, you were asked whether inflation was transitory. Mm -hmm. And you told the committee that you saw important transitory influences at work. Yeah. But you did not anticipate that inflation would be in any way permanent. You predicted our economy was on track to get back to more normal operation, and that inflation would decline over time, something we all hoped for. 
To be fair, you weren't the only person who forecast transitory inflation. The chairman of the Federal Reserve, Jay Powell, did the same as did the president of the United States. In every Fed government, We now too. know that inflation rose to a level not seen in more than 40 years and that inflation accelerated, particularly following the enactment of the partisan American Rescue Plan Act in 2021. And then with the so-called Inflation Reduction Act in 2022, which together added $2.6 trillion to our national debt. Obviously, all this stimulus going into a constrained economy with supply chains uh, the way they were, um, workforce levels down, obviously created, port uh, was like pouring gasoline on the inflation fire. And though inflation has now come down to 6% or so, that's hardly good news to my constituents who are still struggling to keep up with rising costs. We know both record housing costs, which we've talked about a little bit here today, and high grocery bills are squeezing consumers all across the country. And to make matters worse, real average hourly earnings, the cash earnings of all workers adjusted for inflation, declined last month and are down over the last year. In other words, because of inflation, workers have gotten a pay cut. Well, first we saw high inflation and then higher interest rates, of course. And uh, that brings me to the failure of the, uh, of the Silicon Valley Bank and another bank in this last week. Some have suggested that this was an example of mismanagement at the time of higher interest rates and higher inflation. Others are saying, where are the regulators? Were they asleep at the wheel? Many have suggested that banking regulators need to focus more on regulating banks, protecting depositors and taxpayers instead of straying off course and examining so-called climate-related risks and other social engineering goals. I think these are all fair points. When you look at the confluence of concerning economic factors, there is one unavoidable truth. We need to get our fiscal house in order, something that the administration pays lip service to, but which seems uninterested in working with Republicans to try to address. And the president's budget proposal, of course, just makes that clear because it offers more taxes, more spending and more debt. Spending would be at historical levels relative to the economy. The national debt would continue to grow. Social Security and Medicare, which are on a path to insolvency, there is no proposal from the president to deal with these, these uh, impending disasters. Of course, interest costs to service this debt um, would reach about a trillion dollars annually. Our ability to defend our country in an increasingly dangerous world would be diminished because we'd be spending more money paying interest to the bondholders rather than paying to keep the American people safe. And Americans, of course, would be punished with trillions in higher taxes at a time when tax revenues are already at historical levels. It's not that the American people are taxed too little. It's that the federal right, government Aaron, continues uh, to spend. That's good. This guy's boring. Oh, I mean, oh, it's, it's, yeah. These Republicans, they get these people in front of you, <laughs> and they sit there and filibuster and give us their life story that we all know every one of these facts already. Mm. Ask her some damn questions. 
Cornyn. This is why I said it. I don't even know why I played it. I thought maybe it was going to be. I thought maybe it'd be good. Just sitting there boring everybody to death. And Janet Yellen gets to sit there and listen to him. Yeah, and then he runs out of time. And then yeah, right. And nothing gets nothing gets. Uh, no questions are answered. He started out good too. You, you said it was transitory. You right. all said it was transitory. You all said it wasn't going to be here. Kashkari said in November. Uh, let's not overreact to a little bit of inflation. It's it's good. Inflation was too low anyways. We needed to come up a little bit to two percent. You've all been so wrong in any other business. You're all be fired. Every one of you would be fired. Was that the United States of Cash Corey? <laughs> what yeah. was that country called before? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was in New Jersey for a meeting. Right. Yeah. Um, but no, he just is going to go through. He's going to go through um, war and peace. And while she sits there and gets off the hook and asks for somebody else to ask some questions. I don't know. Oof. I was wrong, by the way, about, um, about the Fed. QE, about $300 billion in assets were added to the Fed balance sheet in the last week. $300 billion. And obviously, part of that is obviously the, the new um, system they put in for the banks to come get liquidity if they need it. Which, according to Bloomberg, banks borrowed $164.8 billion from the Fed in a rush to backstop liquidity. Now, First Republic Bank today was in the news. They were the new one. And it looks like J.P. Morgan and some of the other big banks put together about $30 billion to backstop them in some kind of deal, I guess. So SVB, Silicon Valley, um, it's affecting my, my son's company um, because you know they're worried they can't get their money out. But only 10% of the um, deposits were backed up by the FDIC. And um, it was the world's largest startup bank. Yeah. They took a it lot of risks. Big a lot startup. of risk. Yeah. And like you said, 92% of their deposits were all over 250000 But your son's company shouldn't have a problem now that they stepped in and said everything's going to be back. I think today up. there was some decent news, yeah. Um, but uh, I think there's a lot of chips to fall coming our way well we saw credit suisse last night paul was yeah. right right on the money by the way they took 54 billion dollars from the uh, swiss government from the government there yeah. um so it seemed like they were at least stable today i think they rose they were up about eight percent i think in the market today so but this also started uh you know with the um uh, the cra community reinvestment act giving people homes they can't afford and just to make uh dei and equity it's a bad thing all right, live from Studio 6B, we'll do sports. We'll wrap it up with news when we get back. George! to the hour live from studio 6b on a thursday night it's been a great show glad you've been a part of it as always our friends in the getter chat we've had some good comments i saw some good music uh, rd sent me a good uh good music choice for tomorrow night little josh turner we'll put that in there for I tomorrow didn't send you anything yet well no you're, you're not getting it now it. none of your music is going in I'm, I've, got, I've got a couple <laughs> okay well you can send them along we'll see if they're any good and then i'll put them in if they're good so all right uh, David Zier has been sitting in with us. Uh, Slick Rick's been doing sports. He'll do some more here in a second, but let's do some news. 
with the DJ himself, Rick Delgado. <laughs> News brought to you by EarlyTreatmentMeds.com. <laughs> EarlyTreatmentMeds. Early wicka, 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 woo! EarlyTreatmentMeds.com. One fiction. word. Here with the news is Rick's uh, Fictions. What's going on? All right. Well, San Francisco board is open to reparations. Oh, God. A five mil- $5 million payouts. Oh. Check I'm, this out. I think I'm going I'm going to identify. Yeah. I think uh, I think a bunch of people are starting to think about moving to San Francisco. If you're going to get a payment of five million dollars to every eligible black adult, the elimination of personal debt and tax burdens. So not only the five million, but you get your the elimination of personal debt, elimination of tax burdens, guaranteed annual income mm-hmm. of at least ninety-seven thousand dollars. That should get you a nice studio apartment in San Francisco. Uh, you get that $97,000 for 250 years. And homes in San Francisco for just $1 per family. I mean, you... This you, passed. The Board of Supervisors. Eh? Yes, it did. You wonder why San Francisco... I mean, I don't know. But you have to prove that you're a descendant of slaves. But if you can't do that, listen to this. Yeah. You have to come here between, like, uh, you could prove if you came here before 1996... Or you're a descendant of slaves. But also, if you were convicted of a drug charge at any point in history, um, I believe, um, you also qualify for the $5 million and the debt relief uh, <laughs> because you were unfairly prosecuted because you're black. Right. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Th- th- those are just some of the things. This is America. On. These are just some of the more than 100 recommendations made by a City Appointed Reparations Committee tasked with the thorny question of how to atone for centuries of slavery and systemic racism. How to atone for people who, on both sides, who had no part of any of that. Don't, don't, don't worry about the, 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 facts. the facts. Jeez, Damon. The San Francisco Board of Supervisors hearing uh, the report for the first time Tuesday voiced enthusiastic support. For the ideas listed, with some saying money should not stop the city from doing the right thing. It's been reported that this would cost each and every non-black family in the city at least $600,000. It's about right. The committee hasn't done an analysis of the cost, of course, of the proposal, but critics have slammed the plan as financially and politically impossible. Uh, like I said, the estimate from the Stanford University Hoover Institute um, says it would cost about six hundred grand each family. So not only does the, does your neighbor get a house for a dollar next to you, yeah. you have to cut them a check for six hundred grand. But nobody in California is going to fight it, even the Republicans. Oh, they're apparently. getting pushback. They yeah. are getting pushback. Um, chances are this is not going to pass uh, because it's impossible for them to pass it. If anything, they just throw it out there. Because it's a bait and it's it's the old we're gonna pull the we're gonna show you something. This is what we wanna give you, but those evil white people you know, won't vote for it. San Francisco is also banning gas appliances by twenty twenty seven. So you only have four years to get rid of the one point eight million gas furnaces and heaters. Get a load of this, because they kill black people. Yes. So, there you have it. <laughs> Critics say the payouts make no sense in a state and city that never enslaved black people. Buh. Uh, opponents generally say taxpayers who were never slave owners should not have to pay money to people who were never slaves. Advocates say the view ignores the wealth of data and historical evidence showing that a long, long after the U.S. slavery offic- officially ended in 1865, government policies and practices worked 
to imprison black people at higher rates, deny access to homes and business loans, and restrict where they could work and live. So there you have it. Uh, the San Francisco uh, disaster continues to destroy a once beautiful city. Unbelievable. All right, uh, let's do a little sports before we wrap it up for the night, and then I'll get to that. I'll get to Ed Henry's tweet. Let me get to Ed Henry's tweet first, then we'll get to sports. Um, Ed Henry, three hours ago, Apple just yanked at real Donald Trump's song, J- J6, Big Tech, Amazon, and Spotify still streaming it. Item not available if you went to play the, the song, which has been number one now for, I think, a week. Yeah. Wow. Then update Ed Henry. Uh, how long ago was this? This is now 7 p.m., so right before we came on, hour before we came on air. Apple just called and said there was a quote-unquote miscommunication. <laughs> yes, of course. Sure there <laughs> of was. Course. Between their communications team and music operations team. And the song should be back up soon. What a load of soon. crap that, that is. That is a load. Wow. Communications team and music operations team. <laughs> Is that like DJ Rick Fiction down there? <laughs> that's really fiction, how, right? how is that my fault? <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. Wow, that's, that's why I'm an oh, Android my guy. Goodness. And I and I just go on Apple, by that's the way, crazy. just now, and I go to the uh, charts. Number one is another Trump song now called wow. Trump One. Yeah, it's oh, a great wow. song. By Natasha this. Owens. That's number one. <laughs> <laughs> Justice for All is number three after being booted out of there for at least an hour. So, you know, that slows it down probably. People go to look for it. It's not there. So now it dropped to number three. Oh, man. So Donald Trump owns the top <laughs> two of the top three spaces in the, on, the, on the music charts for the whole entire country on iTunes. The hit maker. So that, that just tells you all you need to know. And the left just continues to melt down. Yeah. Oh, they can't man. take it. Miley Cyrus drops to four. Morgan Wallen drops to five. Oh. Bobby Caldwell is split in between Trump one and justice for all. <laughs> <laughs> what you won't do for love is Bobby Caldwell's song at number two. Now, now do you have the, the new Trump song or no? Trump won. I've never listened to it, but I can pull it up while Slick oh, does great. little sports. Right. Slick. Could you picture if he ever won a Grammy? Could you see Donald <laughs> Trump go and accept his Grammy? That would be lights out. I would love to see the president go, go uh, up there. It was I on then, the war room today. I would then watch the Grammys. Yeah. I know, right? Hey, I'd like to thank the... Yeah, that'd be, that'd be riot. All right, let's get to some quick scores. Just got a minute or two here. Here we go. Uh, well, ladies basketball right now, NCAA women's. We got the uh, first four in. Like I told you earlier, St. John's has already advanced into the uh, tournament. And we got Tech, Tennessee Tech right now leading Monmouth 36-29 with 2.42 to go in the game. So we'll see what happens there. I'll report on that tomorrow night. Kings over the Nets in the NBA, 194, uh, 10.8 to go in the fourth. All but done there. Uh, Pacers and Bucks and a good one. Pacers lead the Bucks 105-101, 10 minutes to go there in the fourth. Nuggets over the Pistons and Raptors over the Thunder tonight. Suns and Magic out west, 10 p.m. tip. Uh, NHL action, getting to the ice. Blackhawks 1-0 over the Predators, end of two. Also end of two, Bruins lead the Jets 2-0, and the Oilers 2-0 over the Stars. Panthers, as I told you earlier, over the Canadians 9-5. Rangers beat the Penguins 4-2 tonight. Good win for the Rangers. Lightning 4-3 over the Devils. That was a final in the shootout, and the Avs beat the Senators 5-4. Men's basketball are just underway. Big D right now. North Kentucky leads Houston. 
14, 13, oh, no. 19 points I'm giving. Oh, good God. 11 minutes to go in the first half. A lot of time there, Big Rick. And, uh, hey, Tennessee, Rick, you're looking good. Beating the Raging Cajuns up 17-11. And that's with 11 to go in the first. We got a couple of more games tipping off after. We got the uh, UNC at Asheville against UCLA. That's out west. That's a 10-11 tip. And at 10-15, the Nittany Lions of Penn State take on Texas A&M. That's a 10-15. You're going to check that game out. And All right, yes. look, Rick, here it is. What do you think? Here you go. Police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines protecting us. Thanks, guys, on the show. Aaron, great job. Thanks, G, as always. Most of all, thank you to Live from Studio 6B audience. We'll see you tomorrow night. Trump won, and you know it. I bet he took New York and Cary, California as well.